This is the Love and Light Podcast with Paula. Hey loves, thank you for joining Love and Light with Paula. Today is a very special podcast for me. If you all have been following me from the beginning on my very first podcast, January the 1st, I gave a shout out at the end of the podcast to my little sister. And I said that she was a girl with the biggest heart in the world. And while uh, many of you wouldn't know what that meant, um, there were a lot of people that did know what that meant. And it was that she was in need of a heart transplant. And 14 days there somewhere around 14 days after that podcast she was in the hospital and had to have an LVAD placed in her heart and what an LVAD is or what it does is it literally pumped the left part of her heart to keep her alive and with that surgery came a huge recovery period And a lot of training for myself and my son who helped me care for her once she was able to come home, which was more than 40 days later um, and lots and lots of training later. But um, we had to learn the warning signs. We had to learn the machine. We had to learn the different alarms that would go off on the machine and what they all meant and what we should do. And uh, as I stated before, all of the power companies and um, ambulance, fire department, everyone in my area had to be notified that she was here in my home in case that anything should happen to her or to power or to water or to anything major that um, they would need to come and assist me right away because this LVAD was literally keeping her alive. With that being said, she came home and... I was on pins and needles about this machine. Eventually, I did become comfortable with it. Um, She was very well versed on the machine. I was, and so was my son, and we took very good care of her. I mean, literally, I became like a junior, junior, junior nurse because I don't want to take away um, the schooling and the everything that a nurse actually has to learn. But I learned a, a small portion. I was giving injections. I was reading um, the machine. I was literally switching medicine as necessary. It's nerve-wracking, but um, it was very important and essential to her life. And um, so uh, the reason that um, this is such an important podcast for me and and why I'm I'm here to tell you about this is because she was offered in heart on a Sunday night late I got the phone call and with this coronavirus being in play they um said that we we think we have an organ for her uh, a heart but uh, it has to be tested first and so um, we don't want to make any promises but we'll let you know tomorrow which was Monday and let me just back up a little bit because when a person needs an organ you don't just get on that list um you have to meet certain criteria in order to be placed on that list. And so when my sister came home with the LVAD, they asked me to give them 30 days and to give this machine 30 days to to pump her heart and to give her body what it needed in order to be um, in, in great shape to be placed on this list. And in, in, in other words, this machine was essentially pumping and and doing good things for her and helped her meet the criteria that is um, needed to to have a heart so 
in the month that she was home, when I tell you there were two appointments per week and sometimes an extra one if we needed to go for lab work because, you know, the blood works fluctuates and the medicines then would fluctuate and whether or not she would need an injection or two injections, it all depended on how her, her, her lab results would come out each time we went to the doctor. And, um, I want to give a shout out to my son, Jordan, for, for helping me with that because, you know, if you know me, you know, I also have a full-time job. So with, um, me working full-time and, and having to make sure I got my sister back and forth to the doctor and to these lab appointments and taking care of my mother, it, I could not have done it without some help. And I will say that my son, Jordan, was beautiful during this process. So shout out to Jordan Wilkins for um, helping me so much during this period of time. So fast forward, Monday evening, they called me and said, the testing is done. The heart is good. You need to bring her in now. So we jump up, we get ourselves together. And it sounds easy, but it's not all that easy because... Being the caretaker of an 84-year-old mother means that I, I needed to set some things in place for her also before we walked out the door. So it, it took a little while to get it together, and I, I fumbled around a little bit. And um, long story short, we made it. Um, I'm so thankful now too that my daughter is here um, in the ho- in the home. She had to leave college, as you all know, with the coronavirus. All of the students are now at home and I I don't know you know what I would have done at that moment because my son was not here at that time and just to be able to walk out of the door it's a blessing and and some some of us take that for granted but for me it was a blessing because I could literally walk out the door after I made the provisions because my daughter was here thank God for that um we went on to the hospital and of course uh, Daphne uh, my sister she had to have plenty of, of blood work drawn up and um there were was a lot of things that had to be done prior to the listing so um I sat in the room for hours while they came and took x-rays and did this and did that and then they said okay well uh we're probably going to go in at 6 a.m to do the surgery okay so I spent the night at the hospital in what they call a pod literally a room with a bed and uh, a nightstand and I got awakened at four o'clock I got awakened again at 5 30 maybe quarter to six only to be told that the weather um, had made a delay in the organ arriving at the hospital so that the surgery would not start at 6 a.m so eight o'clock they came and, and got me again and um, said, okay, um, we're going to take her down. So, of course, I escorted her with them down to the OR room. Um, and um, before I said, see you later to her, you know, I touched her, put my hands on her. I, I um, made a FaceTime call to to my sister cousin, Janet, in Alarise to allow them to see her uh, because they play a huge role in, in her life. And this surgery is one that we have never encountered. In fact, we've not encountered any of the surgeries that we've gone through with her. But um, I wanted everybody to see her who she wanted to see. 
um, the hospitals are only allowing one person from the family to to come to the hospital anymore. So um, that's me. And with that um, being said, she saw cousins and everyone wished her well. I said a prayer for her before she left and I told her that I would see her when she got back and that everything was going to be fine. I don't know anything else to say to a 14-year-old who was going to have her heart removed. Um, she's going to have a defibrillator and a pacemaker removed that was on her left side and she's going to have another heart put in. Um, it's huge, huge. It's huge for me at 53. So imagine 14. If you think back to when you were 14, if all of this had to happen to you, how do you think you would have felt going through those doors, leaving your loved ones behind? It's a scary process. So I simply told her that everything was going to be fine and that I would see her later. And with that, I walked away, um, saying prayers that the doctors would perform magic um, by the grace of God on my sister. And that was at 8 o'clock. The next time I saw her, it was 9.30 p.m. I literally went to my car, laid the seat back, and went to sleep for a couple of hours waiting for them to allow me to see her. Uh, they did update me along the way as they um, were doing surgery. They would call me at different stages of the surgery to tell me where it was and how it was going. And, and the one thing that I noticed is that they would always tell me that she's still on the lung and heart machine. And I didn't quite know what that meant, but they said it to me enough times that I know that it was something important that they needed to say to me. But the last call that I got, before um, I saw her was she's been removed from the heart and lung machine. And that's when my own brain kicked in and said, that means the donor heart is pumping alive and well, that she would no longer be on a heart and lung machine because they mentioned it every time. And this time they said, she's no longer on the heart and lung machine. Glory, glory. I figured it out and I said, thank you, Jesus. The heart is working. And from there, I just had to wait because a lot of other things have to happen once the heart is successfully transplanted. It's not just, boom, you come running out of there and hello. No, it was probably a good four hours later before I saw her after they gave me that statement. And that is when I um, went to my car because I chose not to just hang around inside of the hospital. Um, I had actually left the hospital at some point, came back. But um, when I was just waiting to see her, I was in my car sleeping. So what is my point? My point is people have heart transplants every day. I don't want to pretend or act like this is something that never happens. But it has never happened in my family. And it, I've, never, I've never had to deal with a patient, uh, a person, a sister, someone who I love, who, who needed this so badly. So I am moved. I am overjoyed and overwhelmed that, um, to have been a part of this. And I will say that the Children's Hospital of Atlanta is, you know, just a fabulous, fabulous place to have your child 
um, with something like this. And, and I believe anything else. And I've said to many people that I, you know, every state and every city does not have a children's hospital, but there's no way I would take my child anywhere but a children's hospital if, if there is one available. They use such care with these children. They're, they're, they're very skilled. And um, I love the fact that uh, she is there. The, everyone is very attentive to her needs and, um, and, and minds as well. So uh, what is my point? My point is that the moment I learned to be positive, the moment I learned to be loved, and the moment I learned to be liked, was all set up for when things like this happen. Because while I am human and I, I do have emotions, deep down in my soul, and from, from the bottom of my toes to the top of my fro, and I say it all the time, I'm a believer. I am a believer. I am positive. I am, you know, I just believe that, that, that through God, anything can happen. And, um, I have had trust and faith since the day she got sick before my eyes to the day that she came out of that surgery, having her heart transplanted. And, I just want to say that, you know, for the negative naysayers and people who who don't know how to, you know, just be positive, it's really a huge thing that you should learn. And 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 I can't force it on you, but this is this is my podcast, Love and Light with Paula. So, I'm I'm going to that's what I'm going to speak about, positivity, love, light and good energy cuz that that's what I'm here for and and that's what the point of this podcast is. But um you know, I always, you know, I pray and I meditate and, you know, I, I, you know, I try to have good energy. I'm not saying I don't go down sometimes and need to be lifted by other people because in fact it happens all the time, but it doesn't happen more than I'm positive. So when I do go down, it must be bad. So, um, and I'm just so thankful to have people in my circle, in my life who are, um, like me and who can find the positive out of almost any negative. So thank, you know, thank God that I have a beautiful circle of, of friends, um, sisters, sisters, and, and people who, who know what to say and know when to say it, because that's important too. But right now I want to read to you a word that, you know, um, that blesses me. And hope that it blesses you. Because of what we're going through with the coronavirus and everything and everybody being sort of shut in, you know, you become antsy. You become, you know, a lot of things, some negative. Um, you, sometimes you have to reel yourself out of that neg- neg- negativity. And so here it is. This is a time in your life when you must learn to let go of loved ones, of possessions, of control. In order to let go of something that is precious to you, you need to rest in my presence where you are complete. Take time to bask in the light of my love. As you relax more and more, 
your grasping hand gradually opens up, releasing your prized possession into my care. You can feel secure even in the midst of change through awareness of my continual presence. The one who never leaves you is the same one who never changes. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. As you release more and more things into my care, remember that I never let go of your hand. Herein lies your security, which no one in no circumstance can take from you. Amen. Amen. I'll read that last line one more time. Heroin, not heroin, herein lies your security, which no one in no circumstance can take from you. Amen. Now, if you are my Facebook friend, you will recall that I posted on my page the other day that um, two reasons that I don't compete. One, you can't have what's mine's. And two, I don't want what's yours. So saying that to say, I had not read this yet, but which no one in no circumstance can take from you. See, I'm a believer, right? I am a believer that all things happen for a reason. And I let the flow go. I don't try to interject uh, because I feel like God is working in my favor and I'm a faithful servant to him. And with that being said, he always comes through for me. And even when the come through might not feel like a come through, sometimes the setback is the setup for the comeback. You dig what I'm saying? If you have an open mind, if you are positive, if you are love and light, you will eventually figure out that the control is not yours. Okay. And that if you give your heart to God and you ask him for things, he will come through. He will come through. He will come through. Let thankfulness temper all your thoughts. A thankful mindset keeps you in touch with me. That's God. Waiting on me means directing your attention to me in hopeful anticipation of what I will do. That's me. That's what I do. And I'm saying all of this to say that no one could have told me anything different about my sister. Because my faith is bigger than my fears. And by the grace of God, in just one month, which is the month that she needed to be placed on that transplant list, literally people, literally she was placed on on the transplant list on last Friday. Last Friday, not a week ago, last Friday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, boom. On Sunday, that's when I got the call. So literally two days after she was placed on the list, we got a call for her. And I don't know what y'all think that is, but I know it's God. I know it's my faith over my fears. I know that it is my faithfulness to God. I know that he hears my prayers. I know that he knows my heart. I know that he knows that I have done everything I can to keep my sister strong and healthy. And I have taken good care of her. And I know that he knows that. And so he blessed me and he blessed her. And he blessed my entire family with his heart two days 
after she was placed on the list. So that's why I'm here today. I'm here to give thanks to God and to let y'all know that love and light does not fail. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Be faithful to God. And he will not fail you. And even when you feel like he has failed you, you can find where there is some good in what he has put in front of you. People kept telling me, they say, God, don't put more on you than you can bear. Well, some days I felt like it was a lot. Okay. But at the end of the day, I made it. And so it wasn't too much. But I just want to thank you guys. There's a lot of you out there who were praying for her, who knew about her, who 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 knew, uh, you know, my circumstances. And, oh, my God, my friends who come through constantly and who, you know, say, OK, it's time for you to get out. I mean, we can't really get out anymore. But you guys have been phenomenal to me. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you. And I want to thank God. I have to testify that's, that's what he would want me to do. I have to testify that God is good. He has been good to me, very good to me and good to Daphne. And I want y'all to know that there's a, a little thing that um, she and I do when she goes into surgery because she's always afraid that she might not wake up. And wouldn't you be afraid that you might not wake up if you didn't know, you know, any better or, you know, if you were having an open heart surgery, I just think that it was fair for her to be afraid that she wasn't going to wake up. So it's always my point to get right next to her, to get right in her ear as quickly as I could, because I don't know what kind of state you're in when you're um, sedated. I've never been sedated for anything. I've Well, I had some mouth surgery one time and I had some really nice meds, but I don't think it was anything like what I'm not comparing it to having open heart surgery. That just... I digress sometimes. You guys already know that. But anyways, that's another story that Patty could tell you about, my girlfriend Patty. But anyways, um, uh, I don't know what state of mind where she is. Is she floating? Does she think she's in heaven? Um, I don't know where she is when she comes out of these surgeries. So I always get right down to her. And even though her eyes are shut, I say, sissy. And when I say that, she always flinches or flickers or lets me know that she can hear me. Now, granted, I will tell you this. When she came out of this heart surgery, when I saw her at 930 that night, there was no flickering. There was nothing. She just had those eyes closed and they told me that they, you know, they that was their intention. But I still feel like whether she flinched or flickered or let me know anything that she still could hear me. So I got in her ear like I have done every other time. And I said, you are fine. You made it. I said, your heart is beating. You have a new heart and you will be going home soon. I said, this is sissy and I am here and you are fine. Because whatever state she was in, I wanted her to know that she was fine and that she had made it successfully out of surgery. So I um, left. And the next day I went back and I got right close to her again and I got right down in her ear and I said, sissy. And when I said that, what happened? Boom, the eyes popped open and she looked at me and I said, yes. I said, you are doing great. Your heart is beating. You are just fine. You made it. Do you understand me? She shook her head. Yes. I'm just thankful 
for that because I don't know how easy it is to wake up and look at someone and to nod and to say after you have had your chest open for the third time in under 60 days. You dig what I'm saying? I'm talking about your heart tampered with. I'm talking about even your heart removed completely from your body and another one placed in it. You kidding me right now? When she opened those eyes, it was nothing but God for me and I'm sure for her as well. So I have to testify. I have to say it. I have to say it. Thank God. Glory, glory, glory. She opened her eyes. She acknowledged me. She answered questions. I made a couple of phone calls. She looked at the phone. She nodded. She let them know. Mom, Janet, she let them know that she knew it was them. Okay? And I am filled. I'm filled with with joy that... um. God has blessed us. And and that's what I'm here today for. And this, I'm going to do this last reading. And then I hope that I get to talk to you guys after the podcast on the live. But here we go. Um, Rejoice and be thankful. As you walk with me through this day, practice trusting and thanking me all along the way. Trust is the channel through which my peace flows into you. Thankfulness lifts you up above your circumstances. I do my greatest works through people with grateful, trusting hearts. Rather than planning and evaluating, practice trusting and thanking me continually. This is a paradigm shift that will revolutionize your life. Amen. I'm glad to be who I am and how I am. I'm glad to know that being thankful and being grateful and being positive and having positive energy is the way to be. I'm thankful that I learned a better way because that has been what has sustained me through my trials and trivials, through the valleys, I mean, through the lows, it has sustained me and I'm thankful and I'm very thankful. And so with that being said, said, I thank you all. I thank you all for listening to me today. I thank you all for caring. I thank you all for your prayers. And I ask that you continue to pray, you know, that for, for my sister's recovery. Um, I uh, talked to her today. She, um, it's wild. She had this surgery on Tuesday, right? Uh, today is just Thursday. And... She had her tablet and she FaceTime called me and had a full blown voice conversation with me. FaceTime. I mean, I could have dropped to my knees, but I had to keep my composure. I mean, God is just awesome. She had a full blown voice conversation with me. FaceTime from her tablet. She has a fabulous nurse by her side who helped her get to that. But she called me. And, and, and we spoke and I, um, I'm just think I'm just filled with joy. I'm just, I'm just so thankful and I'm, I'm just all smiles and bubbles right now. And I know that our road to healing will be one that, you know, you know, it's not just so easy, but I'm thankful too, that she's young and resilient and, and, and she wants it. She's strong. She's, she's brave. She's very brave. I want to say to you guys, when we get past this coronavirus, if you guys could, you know, do something for a children's hospital or for the children's ward in a hospital, that would be, that's a very good volunteerism um, thing. You would never believe how many sick children are in the hospital. And it, it breaks my heart and it makes me want to be present for them after this is over. And I want to say thank you to you guys. Thank you for joining me. Um, um, next week, I, I hope to have something, um, 
fun and in positive for you filled with love and light but today I felt the need to tell you about my sister and um, where we are and thank you you know I love you and I, I'm, I'm always thankful that you come and you listen and I just want to say to you peace love and light the love and light podcast with Paula is a production of the Castropolis podcast network log on to castropolis.net